I can't believe we're already up to number six. Sixth episode of the World Journeys podcast. Hello, welcome to the World Journeys podcast. This is episode six. My name's Andrew and this is the podcast where we discover travel and life and all things foreign and more on top of that. And today is my final interview that I recorded in Japan uh, and I'm talking to a guy called Andrew, just like me. His name's Andrew Higgins. He's from the States. Uh, It's a fantastically entertaining podcast. Plenty of laughs, so I hope you really enjoy uh, listening to him and hearing his experiences uh, living in Japan uh, over the last two years. Um, So without further ado, may the podcast begin. Well, today you find us in Ueno Park, uh, one of the many large, beautiful parks in Japan. It's Golden Week, the start of Golden Week, and people are out in force, and so are the crows. So you may hear them <laughs> from time to time in the in the background, but they're also special guests. But uh, today's very special guest uh, on the World Journeys podcast is Andrew Higgins. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you. I wouldn't refer to me as very special, but, I mean, that's all right. <laughs> M- mildly special. Mildly, mildly special. special. That works. Uh, so today's podcast is Andrew and Andrew. Which yes. I've, I've, I was, you know... That's the only reason I really did that, to have two people <laughs> called Andrew on the same podcast. Just to confuse people. Who am I listening to? Is that Andrew? Or is that Andrew? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> so, for the audience, could you give us a, a brief introduction, who you are, where you're from, and what you're doing in Japan? Sure. Well, my name is Andrew, if that wasn't apparent before. Uh, but I've been in Japan for a couple of years now, and originally from the United States, and came to Japan to uh, be a teacher. And... That's how I met you, actually. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, you know, I've been here for a couple of years and just doing the whole elementary school teaching thing, and I love it so far, and, yeah. I think everyone we've we've talked to so far on the podcast has been either high school or maybe junior high school, oh, but okay. mostly high school, so... Um, so why don't you start by telling us, you know, what's it, what's it like to, to work with the little ones, the, 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 uh, the youngsters? I was actually out the other night and I ran into somebody that was a teacher and she referred to them as little monsters. And I was like, yeah, that works. <laughs> Sometimes they can be little monsters. Now, um, I love it. I love working with kids. They're great. Um, elementary school is a little bit different than junior high um, because you're pretty much in charge of the whole class start to finish. Um, whereas in junior high... From what I've seen, it's always, you know, you're there working, like, team teaching with the teacher. And uh, so, yeah, it's kind of like my show for for 45 minutes a day. Uh, but it's good. Um, you've got anywhere from... <laughs> oh, sorry. Dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, got to go. Um, you were saying. Yeah, no, you've got anywhere from, like, 20 to 30, 40 students in your classroom, and you're working with them on a daily basis on, you know, a multitude of topics from... Self introductions to going to the temple at going the right to the time. Temple at the right time, apparently. What's the best thing about uh, teaching elementary school kids? Oh man, there's it's wow. There's so I mean I, I have totally floored yeah. you with this question. <laughs> First question right out the door. No, um, I think I think elementary school kids haven't got to the point where learning is stupid. And I think they're still at that point where you can, like, reach them. And even with something like English, even though it's not, like, a technically graded subject in elementary school, 
Um, it's something that they're still interested in, and they're they're still at the point where it matters to them. And you know, maybe in as they go along in their schooling life, they tend to like push things aside and okay English maybe isn't as important as science or or math or whatever the case may be but in elementary school English is still very important um, to the students to most of the students <laughs> so um, I think just their willingness to learn um, and personally it makes me a better teacher because then I want to help them more instead of just do A, B, C, D I want to do A, B, C, D and then add a whole bunch of different things in known as F, there. G, and H right you know is that how that goes? It's E F G H. I don't remember. The alphabet's too. There's too many letters. But yeah, it's just you know they're they're still willing to learn at that age, and for me that makes it easier for me as a teacher. I can I can work off of that. And what about physical violence? Does that happen in the classroom? Because I um I used to uh, help out at an elementary mm. level class on a Saturday morning, and I used to come home with bruises. Oh, yeah, you mean on yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was not bruising the children. <laughs> no, um, yeah, uh, yeah. I think as teachers, or as students get more comfortable around a teacher, they, especially little kids, they want to be like, it starts out with the high five and then the poking and the hitting and the, and it, it's usually, I would say, 99% of the time, it's all in good fun. You know, they want to goof off with you. Um, the English teacher is sometimes a little less formal than the normal elementary school teacher. And so I think they notice that and kind of take advantage of that sometimes. <laughs> and so, yeah, they're a little bit, they, they want to be physical with you. They want to, you know, you know, punch you and kick you. And sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's hilarious. And, and then you've got the one kid that just, just wants to hit you. So, yes. Again and again physical. and yeah. again. <laughs> And you're like, all right, somebody needs to do something with this kid. <laughs> Take him away from me. <laughs> There's a window you can throw him out of. <laughs> oh, gosh. But, yeah, yeah, they're, they're a little physical <laughs> sometimes. How, 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 when you first came... You have to ask a question every time the gong rings. <laughs> Otherwise, this doesn't work. <laughs> Uh, how did you find uh, settling into Japan, like, the first couple of months? Mm. Um, it was really... Uh, it was easier than I thought it was going to be. Um, I had help the first couple of days. So, you know, setting up my utilities and my bank account, stuff like that. I was there for it, but it was pretty much done for me. <laughs> so that stuff was really easy, and I think that was a huge stress relief for me was the first couple of days everything was kind of done for me and then after that it was just like see ya you're on your own um but and it's pretty been much pretty much been that way for the oh, two yeah. years after yeah it's but for me i took that as an opportunity to get out in the in my city and walk around and see where things were at find where you know parks were and grocery stores and stuff like that on my own um where, yeah, I could have sat in my apartment and just been like, oh my gosh, I'm so afraid. Like, But, like, that's just who I am, I guess, is that I wanted to go out and explore and and see where I was living so I could, you know, better get accustomed to, you know, where I was going to be at. So, And you've uh, been lucky enough to live reasonably close to Tokyo. 
Yeah, it's about say an hour and a half, two hours, depending on which train you catch. So, and how often do you get into Tokyo? Uh, maybe. Well, I was just here last month, and I would like to say once a month, but it's usually not that often. But yeah, I mean, I would like to do once a month, but it's usually every every few months. I would say. How do you so. feel about Tokyo? Are you a fan of Tokyo, or are you? A- Hater of Tokyo, or is it? It's a mixed bag. You know, what's no, good? No. What's bad about Tokyo? I I love Tokyo. Um, I love visiting Tokyo. Um, there's a lot of stuff to do here. There's a lot of people here. I'm a big people person, so I like to be in situations where there's a lot of people around. Um, but I I like the town that I live in because it's away from Tokyo. I don't mind the big city, um, but I don't think that I would want to live here just because it's. It's too loud, you know. There's there's something about where I live that's very quiet. You know, at night you you can see the stars. You can, you know, I'm near a lot of rice fields. Like, it's, you know, it's not that kind of sounds like where I was living. <laughs> so it's I I mean I love Tokyo. I love coming down here. There's a lot of stuff to do. There's parks and museums, and if you're into, you know anime there's a whole town for you if you're into electronics that's a thing like you you know that's there's places in Tokyo that I love going to what's your favorite part of Tokyo oh gosh if I don't say Akihabara then people are going to call me a liar so it's got to be Akihabara like the electronics town you know that's what it's known for Otaku Center yeah (laughs) yes make cafes Um, yeah, I mean, that's. I mean, there's more than just that. You've got maid cafes, and you've got, you know, electronic shops and arcades. I li- I love arcades. I'm of the age where I still went to arcades when I was a kid. Those still existed in America when I was a kid. And you know, you go to the mall and you'd go hang out at, you know, the arcade for the afternoon and waste a whole bunch of money. And those don't exist in America unless you're living in a big city. That's still got like a little niche market of like hey we're still cool because we have arcades like there are arcades everywhere in japan and it's great i love it (laughs) and pachinko yes if you're into if you're into pachinko that's you know that's have you played pachinko not in japan no i actually have um an old pachinko machine from the 1970s an old wooden a japanese one yeah japanese one my dad was um, stationed in Japan for a short time during Vietnam um, and was in Tokyo at some point and purchased a pachinko machine in the 70s. So for our listeners, a pachinko <laughs> is kind of, it's it's not a slot machine, no. uh, but it's it, the, the principle is the same. You're right. basically, uh, from what I saw, you buy a whole bunch of little gold balls mm-hmm. and it drops down a thing, which is, it's somewhere between a slot machine and a pinball machine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Except that really you have no control over where the ball well, goes. Well, now you don't have any control. See, this old machine that I have is all mechanical. It's not electronic. Now you're just twisting a, a, a knob and balls are shooting everywhere and you don't have... The version of the machine that I have, it has a lever and it's spring-loaded. And so you can, like a pinball machine, you can gauge how hard or how soft you're hitting the ball. So there's more skill to it. There's more There's more of a nuanced, like, okay, if I know I hit it really hard, 
the ball's just going to fly around. If I hit a little bit softer, it might stop at this point. You know, there's still the whole chance of it bouncing off and going crazy directions. But of course, you win money on pachinko, so I guess at some point they they thought we don't right. pe- we don't want to make something that people can develop a skill. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Even if it's difficult, right. some people are going to be able to develop the skill. Yeah. And it's not going to be a game of chance for them. It's right. going to be a game of skill, right. and therefore they can win loads of money. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, if I if I owned a Pachigo parlor, I would not want people making money. Like, I would want people spending money. Like, that's that's how that works. I yeah. don't know in America or Japan. In Australia, there's like um, 13% is what the slot... We call them pokey machines, yeah, okay. because you're playing poker a lot. Right. We call them pokies. And okay. um, I believe, like, in Victoria, our, our state, you know, the, the law is they must give back 13% uh, of what gets put in. Okay. It's not really that much. Yeah. I, it's weird. It's it's weird in the states because everything is on a state by state basis for gambling. Um, so some states allow gambling, some states mm. don't allow gambling. Some states allow slot machines, but they like there's different things that they'll allow. I think because I lived in Pennsylvania before I moved to Japan, and so I th- so you can bet on horses, but you can't have a pachinko machine or a, a slot machine. Well, actually, uh, so it's it, but it's changing. So I, and I don't I don't keep up with it. So, Andrew, you've been talking about Akihabara as your favorite part of Tokyo, the <laughs> yes. otaku. That's the nerd center of yes. uh, of not only Tokyo but probably Japan. To yeah. be fair, yeah. uh, if not Asia, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if not the world, right. yes, <laughs> if not the Milky. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Um, made cafes, have you been in one, and can you, if, if so, tell us the experience. Yes, actually I have been in one, um, I've only gone one time, uh, it was, oh, was it last summer, uh, I was with a, a bunch of friends, and we were walking through Akihabara, and I was like, alright, like, this is one of those things in Japan that you just have to do, like, you have to, I, I try to experience as much as I can while I'm here, because I don't know how long I'll be in Japan, um, but I like to take advantage of many different things, and so I like to experience as much as I can while I'm here. So I was like, all right, and I convinced everybody, let's just do it, let's go. So there was a girl standing out on the street corner, or not, well, that's, that sounds really bad. <laughs> there was a girl standing out on the street, and... Uh, yeah, that sounds better. <laughs> yeah, that sounds slightly better. And she had flyers for her, the maid cafe that she worked at, and... I was like, all right, we want to do this. Like, let's go. So she she has a little radio that she radios up and says, I've got five people coming up stairs. Do we have room? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, let's go. So she takes us to, takes us around a couple streets down and takes us into an elevator and we go upstairs. And um, what happened in the elevator? We went up. Mm. <laughs> Pretty boring elevator, yeah. And, uh, we got upstairs, and as the doors open, the doors open right into the maid cafe. So you're there, like you're in the building already. And uh, all the girls that are working there greeted us. Uh, they greet you by saying, welcome back, master, or welcome back... Uh, Clara. Yeah, well, like, like you're, you know, they're the, you know, they're your quote-unquote mate. Like, so they're, like, welcome you back home, basically. And so... They um, they welcomed us back, you know, even though it was our first time. And uh, we sat down, and apparently this maid cafe is is famous for having the Backstreet Boys had 
been there at some point, like in the 90s. So this is still their claim to fame as like, hey, the Backstreet Boys were here like 10 years ago or 15 years ago or whatever it's been. Dressed as mates. <laughs> no. And so that's like their thing. And so we're sitting in there and... Can you remember what it was called? I think well, the uh, most famous one that they try to get tourists to go to is the Dreams yeah, Cafe. Yeah, May Dreamin'. That's the... That's the... I would... Not that I'm recommending one, but I would say if you're going to go to one, it would be that one. This one was not what I imagined it to be, and so I, I think I was a little disappointed. Um, mostly because the maid that we got wasn't even Japanese, and I was like, what? <laughs> like, that is kind of disappointing, that's the whole, I hate to say. the whole reason why I came here, but anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> to Japan or to the maid cafe? Yes. <laughs> but, um... So I was just like, all right, whatever, that's fine. It's a maid cafe. Let's just experience what it is. So it's really expensive. and Like how much and um, what do you get for your money? So <laughs> so for 1,000 yen, which is like $10 American, um, you get a melon soda float, like a melon soda with ice cream in it. And on top of the ice cream, they draw like a little picture for you. That's all you get for 1,000 yen is a soda with some ice cream in it. And you can get... The, the big thing is to get the omelet rice, like the omelet with the rice inside of it, and they'll write your name on it or draw a picture on it for you or do whatever. That's the big thing. And I can't remember how much it was, but it was more than what I was willing to spend on... I, I, it was upwards of $20, upwards of 2,000 yen. So that's why we all went for the floats because <laughs> it was like this is cheap so you Let's just get this had, you just had one float yeah how long yeah. did you stay maybe half an hour did you play games or no because to... all that stuff costs money at least at this place it was like if you want your picture think... taken with them you have to pay 500 yen if you want to play a game with them that cost extra and they all seemed like they were just not really interested in us being there anyways um, there were other people there and they all kind of seemed like they were uninterested with them as well. Like, literally, there was a girl sitting at the front table, like, typing lines of code in, like, a Hatsune Miku uniform. Which was actually more interesting HTML. to me. <laughs> yeah, just lines of code. I don't know what she was doing. She was, like, making a website or something. But that was more interesting to me than everything else that was going on. It was a little disappointing for me. Because I, I don't know what I expected, but it was not... It was disappointing. So I've never been back... But maybe, maybe someday, I'll, I'll venture back to the maid cafe. <laughs> wow. So I mean, I mean, I guess for foreigners, it it, it, it seems very bizarre. The the idea of uh, I guess uh, I mean the girls are dressed up as maids. Yeah. With yeah. very very short dresses. Yeah, but I mean, it again, it varies on the the type of cafe it is like the more like the maid dream and the more mainstream one there i think they're more moderately or modestly dressed maids if that's a thing like but you can definitely get into the area of town where it's like all right we've crossed over the tracks into another part of town that i don't know if i should be here <laughs> or i don't know if i should be seen here <laughs> yes definitely so uh yeah i mean it was it was one of those things. Like I said, it was an experience. I'm glad I did it, but it was kind of disappointing. But and you didn't take any photos because you uh, have to pay. Or? No, I think I don't think they allow you to take photos unless they take the photo with their like Polaroid camera. 
so that way you get a print of it right away and then they all sign it and stuff like they don't want you taking pictures while you're in there you know because they want to sell you a picture they want to it's it's all about selling you something so well dude well, the first time I went to Akihabara I was tossing around the idea of going to one and in the end I chickened out basically <laughs> but um I did try and take a photo of one of the girls on the street who's hawking for the business yeah 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 and she was like Argh! and she hit her hit her face oh, behind really? her hand yeah she didn't want to be photographed at all I guess I'm just uh, like uh, sneakier with my camera because I'm <laughs> that sounds really bad <laughs> but I do I have <laughs> I have taken a couple photos of he has like three albums guys <laughs> <laughs> and I brought them all with me <laughs> just the maids on the street in Akabra so so uh, I guess I guess uh, Japan has a reputation for being a little bit crazy, a little bit wacky. I What's, think so. What would be the the craziest, wackiest sort of experience, one or two of the craziest, wackiest experiences you've had during your time in Japan? I think, well, I think, first I think a lot of people think Japan's wacky and crazy just because, like, mainstream, that's what you hear a lot, is like... The stuff that comes out of Japan that makes it on the news is usually kind of odd. But then, like, where I live, I don't see any of that. <laughs> and then I come to Tokyo, and then you see it. And, like, everybody comes to Tokyo, and so everybody is like, oh, wow, this must be what, like, Japan is, like, all over the place. But, yeah, there are some crazy spots. Um, I'm trying to think of a specific time where something crazy happened. Um, man... I don't know. There's dead air is really good for for podcasts. People enjoy that. Andrew <laughs> assured me this was not going to happen. <laughs> oh man! What's the strangest thing you've ever seen in Tokyo? Ah, uh, let's see. I well, so the very first time I came to Japan was in 2000. Um, I just graduated from high school, and so like being in Tokyo was a little overwhelming for me because at 18 I didn't know that I wanted I mean I knew that I wanted to come to Japan I didn't know that I would eventually live here so um, some of the craziest stuff like stuff for me that was just like weird things in vending machines like just little stuff like that where I was like wait so I can get like fried chicken out of this vending machine I have not seen a vending machine with fried chicken. Yeah, it cooks the chicken inside the vending machine as you wait. You put. We were staying in a resort up in Hakone, and there were two vending machines. One was a Haagen-Dazs vending machine, and the other was like a... Ice cream vending. Yeah. Oh, I've seen yeah. that. The other was a fried foods vending machine. And I was like, all right, I got some money to blow. I got to see how this thing works. So you put your money in, and you... There, it offered uh, chicken, like fried chicken, French fries, uh, I believe some sort of fried fish, and maybe something else. And yeah, you put your money in, and you stand there, and you hear it like falling frozen somewhere through the machine, and then you hear it drop into the oil, and you hear it cooking inside, and then maybe a couple minutes later, it all drops into a little basket, and then you've got like fried chicken that just came out of a vending machine for like three dollars like <laughs> at 18 i was like what my world has been a total lie <laughs> no, like it was it was crazy like a fried chicken vending machine <laughs> so yes um 
Yeah, that was that was pretty crazy for me. <laughs> I find the TV kind of crazy. Um, I'm kind of benign at the same time. Mm. It's usually on just for background noise if I'm doing something else. If I'm cooking and I'm like, ah, just turn on the TV, there's got to be something on. Uh, it's all, like, Japanese TV, though, is all, like, game shows and weird, like, panel shows where... It's all, I don't see a lot of game shows, but I see, I see panel shows. It's, it's like they can't show a story on right. TV without having a, a, a studio panel yeah. watching it yeah. and commenting and laughing and clapping and uh, going, oh! Yeah. Well, and I actually, like, I didn't know why that was. I actually, somebody explained it. I saw it on a, on a video on YouTube. Somebody actually explained, or at least their, their thought behind it was, Japan is very culture-based, everything or community-based. So everything you do, like, reflects upon your and everything's kind of done in community in Japan and so they want to show a video and so you can sit there by yourself but you're also sitting there with like 20 other people that are all commenting on the video as well so it's like this whole like hey let's watch this and then let's all have everybody's reaction to it all at once especially for a transvestite that really helps yeah that uh, what show is that the what do you mean? What show? It's like every show. There's the the one show with the dude. He's like, yeah, he's, yeah, Matsumoto. Yeah. Uh, no, Matt. His name is Matsu, uh, Matsumoto Deluxe. Yes, yes. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> but, but but I mean but, I, there, there are others. He's not the. Yeah, yeah. She is not the only yeah. transvestite on Japanese TV. It seems like every panel must have at least one. Right. I saw yeah. one where there were three. Oh, wow. And I was just like, maybe the topic is to do with sex changes, or but it wasn't. It was just... It's um, like, hey, watch this cat do something crazy, and then everybody laugh at it. <laughs> well, even food. They just yeah. sit around and watch people, watch my presumably minor celebrities who have never really done anything since right. been on TV. Or musicians eating that are... food relatively famous yeah I, there there are a lot of cooking shows on which I like because then I sit there and watch it and go oh yeah I can make that like I know how to do that but yeah Japanese TV is pretty pretty dumb for the most part but I mean then you look at American television and it's nothing but reality TV shows and I would trade Japanese TV or I would trade American TV for, for reality shows and all that kind of stuff I would much rather watch random Japanese music celebrities talk about Nothing. What? Nothing. <laughs> but. You know, I, I swear last week there was a panel show where they were watching a story about a woman who had a headache. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was pretty much the whole show, and they were like, oh! I've never had a headache before. <laughs> <laughs> and then, what's causing the headache? That's fascinating. Amazing. And, um, and the best was, last night there was a... There was a there was a show about some woman. Uh, it was an American story, yeah. Mm. And the the woman she wrote a book or something, and uh, she sent it to a publisher, and they said that you know this is like child's English, and she she lied, and she said it was written by a six year old or uh. something. And they published the book, and she made eight hundred thousand uh. dollars. And they, so they they had a little. There were people were watching this, and it was in um, you know it was acted out by. Westerners. Mm. I don't know if it was. I don't know if the if 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 the vision was made here or in the states or somewhere. I, I don't know where. Um, but they were speaking English, 
and they had Japanese dubbed over it. <laughs> and then they had Japanese subtitles as well, just in case you didn't understand yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, but the funny thing was, there was like a scene and one guy, he was like very unemotional. You know, he was just talking <laughs> about something, blah, blah, blah. So, so, yeah, yeah. This is what it looked like, the vision. Right. But the audio <laughs> were like, oh, it was really... Uh, it's amazing, and that that seems to be the the voice that you hear on like when something's even like one percent amazing. Yeah. <laughs> suddenly, <laughs> this I was watching. I actually had like a day off one day, and it was around noontime, and Law and Order was on, and I love Law and Order, and it was in Japanese, and it also was in English. You could switch over to the English version. Oh, really? Wow. But the the Japanese version was hilarious. Just the the amount of emotion that they put into each one of those characters was. It was it was very amazing. I was I was just I just wanted to sit there and watch it all in Japanese, but I switched over to English. See what is the Japanese translation with English subtitles? Yes, yeah. That's what you want. I would yes, that would that would be great. But even like the the table tennis. Um, oh yeah. Australia was playing Japan two nights ago on the table tennis, and I have to say we didn't do so too good. <laughs> I don't think we won a single game, let alone a match. Yeah. Um, I think one girl got to nine points it was 11 9 yeah. that was about the best we did yeah. um and you know the whole crowd was taking it like they were just really yeah it's really the really home ground it. it's just like it's like if you had a table tennis tournament in melbourne in australia you'd have three people there <laughs> clapping <laughs> that would be the whole yeah which is kind of the reaction when an australian won a point which was a very rare occurrence yeah but the commentary was like wwf <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's i actually and they just it. Get, it was just like the, the game was a no you know there was there was no contest it wasn't right. interesting like if it was australia if, if if it was the other way around yeah we wouldn't be cheering. We'd just be going, okay, yes, yes, you're thrashing the living pants off them. Yeah, yeah. I actually caught 11 some 2, of, good work. Yeah. I caught some of, because it's been on like every night, but like I caught some Only of the matches. Only the Japanese matches are yeah, shown that yeah. you don't see the others. But yeah, I was really surprised at how into table tennis they were. I was like, hey, that's great. Like, listen, I love hockey and I love football. And I get really into those sports, so it's good to see people into table tennis. That's cool. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, it's great. it's Asia, yeah, and it's like, yeah. It's it's pretty much along with badminton the premier sport that's come from Asia. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean they they love football here. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, soccer for our American friends. <laughs> um, they love football here and they go crazy for baseball, which I just don't get at all. Oh yeah. But um. Although, like, if you do come to Japan, folks, you really should go to a, a baseball game. Yes. Um, because the, 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 the crowd participation is so much fun. It's, it really it's like is. a soccer match. Like, people are cheering and clapping, and there's songs, and there's, like, the whole time. Even when the guy's stepping up to play to, to bat, like, it's... It's loud. Like, yeah, yeah. It has nothing to do with what's happening on field. I don't even know if anybody's watching it, <laughs> which is kind of like soccer, yeah. Oh, the score is 1-0, and we've played for 87 minutes. So, okay, yes. tell me what what's the best and worst thing about your time in Japan? Oh, man. The best, the best thing about my time in Japan has been the people that I've met, um, Japanese and foreign people. I've met a lot of people... Um, that I met a lot of good people on both sides, you know, Japanese, foreign, that 
um, are really good friends of mine, and um, I think that's great that I can come to a country 6,000 miles away from my own and meet people here that I have things in common with, and I think that's really cool. Like, the, the people that I've met um, are amazing. I, I love... I love my schools. I love my job. Like, that's the best thing about being in Japan. So, the worst thing, the people that I've met. <laughs> They're all assholes. <laughs> the, 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 the people, the, and it's, oh, it's mostly, and I hate, it's, it's mostly foreign people, to be honest. It's, it's me, isn't it? It's you, yes. <laughs> this is actually my podcast where I tell people off. No, um. It's, That's a good idea for a podcast. That is a great idea. <laughs> Man, I just... Okay. It's called The Thick of It Podcast. Have you seen The Thick of It? No. I should, I'll tell you later. Okay, all right. But, um, I... Oh, man. I have run into some of the worst foreign people, like, from America, and I'm not... Like, they, they can be anywhere outside of Japan. But... But they're mostly Americans. Mostly Americans. I'm not. I, like hey, what? Give us an example of what's pissed oh you off. Oh gosh, I will tell you. I do was, you mean people you know, or just things you've seen people do? Both. Yeah. So I was, and I won't name any names, and I won't name any locations. But people that know me know this story, and they know that it upsets me. And he's talking about John Kerry. <laughs> and so one night. So, like, normally in my town, there's, there's a, like, a half a dozen teachers, and usually every year, we get together, we go out for dinner, and it's, like, we, we do it right before the beginning of the school year. Just kind of like a, hey, you know, let's go out there, have a good year. Like, our own little personal end It's your school, or it's No, 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 just, it's just the foreign teachers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Different so, companies. Yeah, and so it's, it's anybody. It can be anybody from, you know, friends that we've met. Well, so we go out. We have about 10 people, and somehow I made the mistake of telling people on Facebook that I was going to this place. And I said, I basically said, like, who's going? So I could get an idea to make a reservation. And so I made a reservation for these 10 people. Somehow someone else got invited, who I'm not a big fan of, and... They arrived um, at the restaurant and proceeded to just act like an idiot the whole time, um, which is kind of par for how this person acts all the time anyways, uh, at least in the situations that I've been. So I was like, this is not fun. First of all, he wasn't invited. Second of all, like, but you know what? I was like, whatever. Well, it's, what's his attitude? Um, his attitude, he's, he's a very immature person that doesn't care about his surroundings and Japan is the type of place where what you do um, what you do reflects on the people you're around so if you're if you're you know with a bunch of foreign people and you act like an idiot Japanese people are gonna go oh man those foreign people are a bunch of idiots um, and so they were there was a situation. I was like, but whatever. I don't care. Let's let's just have fun. Let's have some dinner. Let's goof around. Like, that's fine. What are you talking about? You're talking about people being loud? Or... Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's like a Friday night. It's like 8.30. And it's a restaurant. And it's also a bar, but it's a restaurant. And people are there having dinner with their families downstairs. And we're upstairs. And... We get asked to be quiet a couple of times, yeah. which is not a good thing. And I feel bad when that happens because I'm like, okay, like, I feel bad that we've 
come across as loud, obnoxious Americans because that's that's how people see Americans. Unfortunately, they see foreigners. Here, they, it's not yeah, just Americans. Yeah, okay, and so. So I felt bad about that. And I had a friend coming, and I sent her a message and said, Hey, um, we're going to leave as soon as you get here. So let me know when you get here because we're going to pay up and leave. Because I didn't want to be around that situation anymore. And so she showed up. Me and a couple other friends, we left. And I thought that was the end of the whole thing. I was like, okay, this guy was acting like an idiot. Whatever. That's his deal. I don't have to deal with it anymore. The next day I get a message on Facebook from the restaurant saying that one of my friends, and he used the term friends, um, had walked off slash stolen a customer's shoes. And at first I thought it was a confusion of like the translation. He just meant to say, oh, one of your friends left their shoes here. And then after I read it again, I was like, no, he straight up said, one of my friends stole a customer's shoes. Par- he took the wrong shoes accidentally? That's what I thought. That's what I thought. And then as I read it and talked to the guy more, found out that no, this guy that had been, that I had not invited to this party, um, had gotten wasted, drunk, and thought it would be cool to steal somebody's shoes. And I flipped out. I was livid. And, like, it upset me because this was a place that... And I still go there now. Like, everything's cool now. (laughs) But this was a place that I went to frequently. A place in my own town. A place where this guy doesn't go to and it doesn't live near so he doesn't have to deal with the consequences of. And, um... So... I flipped out. I was like, find this dude, find out what happened. Like, I'm texting friends, like, what is going on? Come to find out that he had taken the shoes. They didn't fit him. So when he got to the station, he took them off and threw them on the roof of the train station. I was already livid. (laughs) Like, this just sent me over the top. I was so mad. So he walked off with his shoes as well? Yeah, yeah. He took his shoes, took another dude's shoes because he thought it would be funny. They didn't fit, so he threw them on the roof of the train station. And, um, so yeah, that, I, it resulted in me late at night with a flashlight at the train station trying to see if I could find shoes to take back to the restaurant so I could apologize for somebody who wasn't, who was my friend, you know, um, to apologize. And, we couldn't, I couldn't find him. I was there with another guy trying to find him. We couldn't find him. We went to the restaurant, apologized in person, said, listen, he wasn't invited. We don't know how he got here. Like, we're sorry for what happened. And he was like, no, I know it wasn't you guys. Like, you guys are fine. Like, I don't have a problem with that. Um, you know, and he, he was, he was cool with, well, it was I wouldn't say he was cool with it, but he like accepted our apology because we were genuine. Like, that's a place where I go regularly and so we you know on a first name basis with some of the people that work there like to damage a reputation like that just kind of upset me (laughs) like and that's and that's the thing that people don't realize about Japan is like what you do reflects on the people that you're with and if you're in a big group of people and somebody's acting like an idiot people are going to assume that you're one of those idiots well to be honest uh, a foreigner acting like an idiot basically reflects on all foreigners in Japan. Exactly. Uh, regardless of whether they're from the same country or whatever. I mean, right. Uh, and so, like, that's why I, like, 
especially if it's a place where, I mean, regardless of where it is, I try to be on top of my attitude when I'm in public because I know that it's going to be reflected upon everybody that comes here. And so when I'm on the train, I'm not smoking or eating or drinking or got my feet up on the, the cushions. Like, I try to project an image of somebody that is competent and knows what they're doing. Like, and so... And just because you fail, <laughs> you should be awarded for the effort. Right. <laughs> and so, I mean, that's what I try to do. And I'm not saying that I'm, like, a perfect example of an American citizen. That's not anything. But I just... It just upsets me when people don't care and have the attitude of, you know, I don't care. Like, I can do whatever I want. Because nobody's going to say anything to them. Like, Japanese people are very non-confrontational. So, unless, you're, unless you've got the little obachan on the train that's going to yell at you, which happens. But, for the most part, people are just going to give you dirty looks and walk away. And nobody's going to say, hey, stop acting like an idiot. So, that's where I come in. That's what I say. <laughs> Thank you very much for being on the podcast, Andrew. Uh, today we have a, a special challenge for you. Oh gosh! It's the Capital City Challenge. Oh, uh, a travel. I was going to study for this. Um, basically, uh, I give you two rounds. Okay. Of thirty seconds each. Okay. okay. So basically, you can say pass if you don't know the answer, and I'll Good. I'll tell you the answer, and I'll just move on to the next country. Okay. Right. Basically, first of all. I give you 30 seconds. I tell you the capital city. Okay. You tell me the country. Okay? Okay. Okay. I'm going to set the bar really low for everybody else. So whenever you do this again, they'll feel good about themselves. I, I'm willing to this take is, that. This is going to be a regular <laughs> segment. I've I'm actually willing. got a segment on the on this. Um, so, uh, and, and then I'm going to reverse the situation. I'm going to say the country. You have to tell me the capital city. Okay? <laughs> for 30, which is probably going to be more difficult. Oh. Which is why I'm starting with a... Great. Great, great. Okay. So anyway, the faster you go, the more you get to answer, yeah? Okay. All right. Sounds good. If you don't know it, just go past. I'll move okay. straight on, okay? Right. I'm not going to go, um, uh, uh. <laughs> but I, I'm not going to give you, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to start with, uh, you know, Mozambique or something like that. Do you know Mozambique? Wait, wait, is that supposed to be an easy one? I was going to say, <laughs> no, that's supposed to be, that, that's, that's middling to difficult. Okay. I'd say Mozambique. Okay. It's not, it's not right up there with oh. some of the obscure Pacific Islands that I have no idea of, but um, anyway. Round one, Andrew Higgins, your time starts now. What is the capital of the United States of America? Oh, Washington, D.C. Okay, that's one. That's what's one. A, that's a, one. <laughs> this is your time. Yeah. What's the capital of Japan? Tokyo. That's two. Yes. What is the capital of Australia? Oh, is it is it Melbourne? That's no, a, that's I'm the, sorry. Oh. Canberra. Oh, okay. What is the capital of uh, Malaysia? Pass. Uh, what's uh, it's uh, Kuala Lumpur? Uh, oh my God! <laughs> that's thirty seconds. That was 30 that's fast. Wow. We're, we're on two. Hey, that's a good. That's hey, two is good. <laughs> Two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> I'm going to start with South Sudan next. No, um, i got to think of some things you know. I, I give you a chance. Round two. Okay, going into round two, I now okay. list the country. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. No stalling. Let's just uh, move it, move it, move it. Okay. okay. Russia. Oh, gosh. Pass. I know it when you say it. Moscow. Yeah, gosh. China. 
Beijing? Yes, okay. Um, Afghanistan. Pass. Kabul. Kabul. Ah, I knew it! Germany. Oh. Oh, I can't. No, 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 no. Five seconds. No. Uh, 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 no. Berlin. Berlin? UK. I knew it. UK. London. No. I'll give it to you. London. <laughs> okay. One minute, you got four. Wow. Wow. I, I should have you said You froze. It. You totally froze I, there. I knew. Yeah. Uh, some of those. Andrew, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Hey, thank no problem. And uh, before I go, the last question that I like to ask uh, all participants, if uh, there's, there's one world that you haven't been to, that you'd really, you know, you dream of going to, what, would, what is that country? Um, I would say last year I almost went to India. Um, I've never been to India. I've seen friends of mine have gone. And um, yeah, I think India would be a good country to go to. Fantastic. Thank you very much. You're the second person to say India oh, cool. out of five. So that's pretty... It's. A, I think that makes it, yeah. you know, at least one more than the other countries. So <laughs> thank you very much for uh, being on the podcast. No Sorry problem. about the capital. Hey, C that's all right. I, I was going to study on the train and I decided not to, so... No worries. Take care and uh, may the journey never end. And that was my interview with Andrew Higgins. We have a tie for first and ironically last place on the World Journeys Capital City Challenge. Uh, both Camilla from last week and Andrew scored a five. So let's see if that can be beaten next time. Speaking of next week, today was the last of all the interviews that I did in Japan. And it was going to be the final of this first little mini-series of episodes before I took a bit of a break. However, one of the other teachers that I met while teaching in Japan is actually from Melbourne, and he returned to Melbourne just a month before I did. And he is heading to Brazil for the World Cup, and I thought, as the World Cup is only a few weeks away now, it would be a great idea to interview him for the podcast, and he could tell us about what he plans to do there, and, you know, how he's going about it, and, and all that. Um, so, that is next week's podcast with Michael Woolhouse, and yes, I will be putting him to the test with the Capital City Challenge, too. So, that will be episode seven, the first in this bracket of episodes, and then we'll have a bit of a break for about a month uh, and then we'll be back with more podcasts so thank you very much for listening see you next week may the journey never end <laughs>